Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Monday afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty with you today on the Eagle Hour. I'm broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio. The guys are away today. I'll have the show, but a great guest lined up. So uh, we think uh, you'll enjoy the next hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. And a great place to cater your next uh, Southern Miss baseball weekend, uh, church event, business event, whatever you choose, Dickies will be the place to go. Well, we're going to talk a little later. Another great year for Southern Miss uh, women's track and field as the ladies win the Indoor Conference USA Championship for the second consecutive year. Congratulations to Coach John Stewart and uh, his young women for another great season. All right, we want to start the week off like we're going to do every week for the foreseeable future with our head baseball coach, Scott Berry, on the Eagle Hour, Golden Eagle Sweep, North Alabama to open the 2022 season. And, uh, Coach, I know that's always uh, what the plan was and a good way to start a new year. Well, you're right, Bob. Uh, very, very proud of our guys going out yesterday. We had clinched the series going into yesterday's game. A lot of times, you know, you're afraid your team's going to fall, you know, to that end of that trap of everything you read on social media about we've won the series. But when you give yourself an opportunity to sweep the series, you certainly don't want to miss on that. You have to really focus to come out and play that type of a game to to get it done. And that's exactly what they did. Second highest opening weekend in school history. I think probably the highest was a few years ago when Mississippi State was here and you swept them. Over 14,000 this weekend at Pete Taylor Park, and it really was electric and exciting, Coach. Well, it was. And, of course, I kind of anticipated that it would with the season ticket record and shattered this year. And and, uh, I just knew there was a lot of excitement around town. Everywhere I go, people would stop, say how excited they were about these the season beginning and they couldn't wait so we were excited to see those those stands full and and they'll remain full as long as we continue to to play well and and win so we just encourage people to continue to come because they are a factor in in the game whether they know it or not we we do feed off from that all right coach lots to talk about uh well if you can uh, we'd like to keep you as we've done in the past for the first couple of segments but let's uh let's talk about the friday night game eight to one win uh dustin dickerson two doubles three rbis you know what really jumped out at me friday night and of course that's from a fan perspective is it it appeared that the the top half of the batting lineup was really on the money and, and really delivered coach well you know honestly uh the first two games friday and saturday Five out of our first six hitters really led the charge offensively uh, with not much, you know, down in the order in the bottom third. But, uh, but you know, and we'll get to game three later. But yesterday it was all the uh, the bottom third and, and even the six-hole. Reese Ewing had a remarkable weekend. I mean, he, he, he swung the bat well the whole time. And uh, he had three straight good games. But 
you're right. On Friday, it was that 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 top of the order that really did the damage and, and did and did it well. And Ben Etheridge, I thought uh, was workmanlike. I heard you say after the game you didn't think he had his best stuff, but yet he he covered six innings for you and really kept the game under control. Well, you know, I think what uh, identifies Ben is he's a, he's a pitcher, and when I when I talk about a pitcher, I'm talking about a guy that doesn't have his doesn't need his best stuff to go out there and give your team a chance to win, and that's exactly what he is. And and Friday night, I didn't feel like he did have his best stuff. He couldn't locate his fastball like he normally does, but he relied on the secondary pitches. Had a really good slider and breaking ball that kept those guys off balance, and occasionally would throw a fastball uh, in there to uh, to offset the the off speed stuff. But you know, he's a guy that you know what you're going to get every time you go out there. He's going to pound the zone. Of course, that night he had six strikeouts and and no walks, so he didn't hurt himself. He did hit one guy, and uh, and on that one, I saw him slip when he delivered it. And that what caused him to, to the ball to get away from him. But Ben's uh, Ben's a competitor. He's a good pitcher. Uh, we're proud of him there that night. Tyler Stewart, uh, you know, we cut, brought him in relief. He got his first save and really threw well with three innings pitched. You know, he sat there at 94, 96 the whole time with a really live fastball and throwing a lot of change-ups that made that fastball even better. And and like Ben, was able to strike out six and, and walk zero. So, you know, that particular night, we uh, we were 12 over zero and, and strikeouts over walks. You're going to, you know, have a chance to win when those numbers appear. No question. That was the strength of the baseball team uh, last year as well. Saturday, you win seven to three. A lot of interest in, in seeing the, the one of the new faces on the mound, Hunter Riggins, a transfer, graduate transfer from Delta State, uh, your observation, Coach, as he uh, struck out five, uh, l- limited the opponent to three hits, his first D1 appearance, satisfying for you? Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, I think it took him a little bit to find his rhythm. Uh, you know, I think uh, the first four innings, uh, you know, he had to pitch around some things. Somebody got on either by hit or, or whatever errors, you know, in that one inning. Uh, that we, I think it was the fourth that we gave up two unearned runs. It all started on with an error, but you know his fifth and sixth inning, they were clean innings. I thought he, I thought he got stronger, Bob, as he got deeper in the game. And in the fifth and sixth inning, he had both clean three up, three down innings uh, with no problem. So ended up with seventy four pitches on that night, which was a good start for him in that first first start here. And has, he has to have a lot more confidence, uh, assuredness now that he has one game under his belt, that fair to say? I would think so, yeah. I mean, he's pitched in a highly competitive program, Delta State, which is D2. Obviously, uh, it's not the uh, it's not the level that we're at, nor is it the atmosphere that we're at as well. So all those things play uh, play into uh, to an outing and to experience. So I look for him the next outing that he has, which will be this weekend, to probably get off on a little better start than, than what he did. And not that he didn't get off to a good start, but he's a little bit more familiar with his surroundings and, and the level of play now. Right. Having gone through that first weekend, and we have the debut of the Montenegro brothers as uh, as the younger Montenegro uh, got behind the plate. It was really interesting to see them batting back to back, coach. Well, it was, and I'll tell you what: there were two proud parents in the stands. His 
their mother and father, and uh, they were here from Guatemala, and that's got to be neat to see both of your both of your young men uh, in the lineup at the same time. You know, the last time that happened was with the Sandlin boys. Nick and Jake were there, and then prior to that was Mike, Michael and uh, James Ewing. Uh, right. And I don't remember it ever happening prior to the Ewing, so that's pretty neat when you can have two of them there in the lineup at the same time. Their parents actually joined us Friday night uh, to get out of some of the cold weather, and they're just they're really first class people, <laughs> and uh, and you're, you're, they were beaming from ear to ear, Coach. I'm going to tell you they they were proud. Now Sunday, Sunday was. To me, was electric. I mean, welcome Hurston Waldrop to the starting mound, Mister ninety-five to ninety-eight mile an hour fastballer with eleven strikeouts in five and a third innings. Coach, wow! Yeah, he was electric in the fall. Uh, you know, when we decided to move him to a starter, uh, we started grooming him in the fall. And of course, Coach Ostrander, our pitching coach, does such an excellent job with our pitching staff and. And making these guys believe and, and accept the roles that, that we ask them to play. And, you know, not everybody gets to play the role they want to play, Bob. And that's, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of sports and that's part of life. But being able to, uh, to, to bring these young men together as one and, and understand, you know, that it's going to take people getting outside of their comfort zone a little bit to, uh, to help us win is part of our jobs. But, Certainly, Hurston last year was a back end of the game type of guy, a closer. Really came on there at the end, had a uh, had a live fastball. I think he hit 100 miles an hour over there at Law Tech on their gun in that in that tournament game. But you know, we uh, we've been seeing this young man progress and develop this fall, and it carried over after Christmas break when we got back to the to the spring here before the season started. He's been throwing really good, and he didn't disappoint. On, on Sunday. No, and I'll tell you someone else I thought really had a great game. Blake Johnson I thought played very well, and I was really happy to see Slade Wilkes, who I know has struggled with some strikeouts, but boy, really he really got his rhythm Sunday and really looked really looked strong, Coach. Well, he did. You know, I mean, of course, he was part of those four guys in uh, uh, spot six, seven, eight, nine that really, really delivered for us yesterday. I mean, of our 12 hits, you had uh, nine of those 12 were from the six hole on to the nine hole. And right. uh, Slade was a big part of that, going three for three with, with four RBIs and uh, a double and a triple and a single, one hit away from the cycle. But, you know, Blake Johnson, as you alluded to, was three for three yesterday with five RBIs and, and, and really swung the bat well on Friday as well. Uh, you know, on Friday, he uh, I remember a hit and run that he lined out there to uh, – to right center and, and where he didn't have anything to show for it as far as statistically goes you know there's more to it at bat than just a hit and I feel like that he had really quality at bats on Friday night as well, well we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry Golden Eagles start the year three three solid wins over North Alabama team got a big rivalry game coming up tomorrow night uh, going to talk about pitchers and all these 90 mile an hour plus pitchers and lots more baseball on the other side of the break more with coach scott berry in just three minutes hang on
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're visiting with head baseball coach Scott Berry after a great opening weekend. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net where you'll find your baseball apparel for this spring. And they're right across the street from the campus on Hardy Street. You can also shop online at campusbookmart.net. Golden Eagles win 8-1, to 7-3, to 14-1 over North Alabama. We'll talk about the upcoming opponents in just a moment. Because you and I were talking uh, during the break, uh, it, it was amazing to watch you, you bring in relief pitchers uh, all day. And maybe, maybe with – Maybe with one exception, everybody that came in the game is is plus ninety on velocity. It's um, this is the hardest throwing Southern Miss baseball pitching staff we've had. Is that fair to say? Yes, I would think so. This year, and you know, even last year. Last year was one of those years too that you you, you looked up, and a lot of our guys were really throwing hard. And but I'll tell you, uh, Bob, the 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 most amazing thing is is. You know, not that they're throwing hard, but they're throwing strikes. You know, right. and that's you know, in the past years, prior years, you might see people that throw really hard, but their numbers indicate that they don't really know where they're throwing it. Uh, and we've had, you know, we've had some of those guys, mm-hmm. but these guys have been able to, under Coach Ostrander's uh, guidance, to really be able to harness that velocity and to be able to accurately place that ball and where, where we want it. And, and, you know, like this weekend, I mean, we were we were 38 over four, 38 strikeouts over four walks on the weekend. And, and you know, that's just – that's phenomenal when, when you think about it right, right. there. So um, very proud of our guys and, and what they're able to do. But you're right, velocities are high, and they're up all across the country. And uh, we talked off the air what used to be – that number that everybody just was in awe of, 90 miles an hour, that number now has been increased to 95 in all honesty. Oh, no question about it. And, uh, you know, the, the strikeout-to-walk ratio is even more impressive when you think that everybody's throwing 92, 93, 94 miles an hour, Coach. You're right. And, uh, we, you know, he's, he's done an outstanding job being able to get these guys to locate and, and not beat themselves, staying out of three ball counts, staying out of hitters counts and staying in, in ours. And, you know, and, and I think it all just boils down to, Hey, let's don't run from the bat. Let's, let's attack the bat. You know, if right. they put it in play, they put it in play. Right. So let's don't beat ourselves by free passes and, and giving them opportunities and advantage counts for hitters. It just seems like nothing hurts more than walks in bad situations. Well, walks and errors and hit by pitches, they'll kill you if you're on the defensive side. Yeah, no question about that. All right, Coach, so coming up tomorrow night at South Alabama, you know, I was looking uh, – I was we're going to have uh, Coach Calvi on the show. I know you and him know each other very well uh, later this week or two, tomorrow, actually. But I'm so I'm looking at South Alabama from last year, and they, uh, they win 36 games. They – won their conference tournament, and they go to Gainesville, and it was, you know, if you compare the two teams, it's almost a carbon copy of you go to Oxford, you go 3-2, and two, you beat Florida State and Ole Miss, they go to Gainesville, they go 3-2, and two, they beat Florida and Miami. They started out the year 1-2, and two, they uh, won one game, they beat Radford, lost to Tennessee Tech and Oral Roberts. I don't, I don't think that means anything, Coach. I think they'll be razor tough when they get here tomorrow night, won't they? Oh, there is no doubt. You know, I remember the first time we met. Of course, everybody knows we went 0-3 against them last year, so I certainly don't need to be reminded of that if anybody's <laughs> out there saying, wanting to tell me that. I, I remember it well. 
So, uh, but you know, I remember the first meeting we had against them down there at their place, and we were both crying on each other's shoulders. I mean, literally, we were talking about the same teams that we both had at that point in the year, and uh, where obviously they got us the three times. Uh, they very, you know, they represented the Sun Belt very well in Gainesville at that regional, just like we represented Conference USA and, and Southern Miss and Oxford Regional. We both, you know, came up short, obviously, but uh, you know, we came a long way. Both teams came a long way from where they were early in the year. No question. These are two teams that were within a pitch or a hit away from both being super regional teams last year. That's right, you know, and I think that's the the tradition that both of these programs have. I mean, they've got a long tradition, a long history of of, of their program and and where they've been and the regionals and the championships that they've been involved in, the the major league players that have played in those programs, and and it's the same same as us. And and they're about to become a conference opponent down the line, but you know that's you're probably not going to be playing them anymore because I think we generally play them two or three times a year in weeknights. It'll just be on the weekend. It'll be a different dynamic, obviously, because it'll be in the weekend. But uh, as you as you go into in, into the future into the Sun Belt, uh, boy, that'll be a big rivalry right there. Well, it will. You know, the thing that it, that it hurts us with it takes away these midweek games that we usually fill our schedule in in between weekends. And, you know, geographically, obviously, Mobile and South Alabama line up for, for us, and it does for right. them as well with midweek competition. And, you know, you just can't just take off traveling across the country in the middle of the week because we have academic side that we have to cover, and, and, you know, it's important to us as well. So those those are challenges that are going to be, uh, be in the future for me in, in our schedule, just like it is for Mark at South Alabama. Yeah, I know. I know that's in the future. Have you had a chance to give any thought to that? I mean, because you do. You're, you're right. A lot of your midweek uh, games for past years have have been Sun Belt teams, just out of uh, geographical, uh, you know, uh, necessity. Right now, yeah. I mean, I've I've given lots of thought to it. I haven't come up with any answers. That's the problem. And <laughs> that happens so, to me all the time, Coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I know people don't they don't want to hear this, but. You know, you know one of the one of the things that I might have to cover just to get games in. You know, that's the biggest thing right. is getting the games in. It may not be midweeks. I may have to play non-conference. We may have to go four games on the weekend, a mm-hmm. couple of weekends, just to build in a couple of games to try to reach our fifty-six. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, you know it's. it's not an easy situation, not a quick fix. Let's just say. Right. All right, coach. Tomorrow night, have you uh, have you picked a starter for tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, I don't know if Jack's released. I hate to release it right now because I don't know if we have, if, mm-hmm. if they've released it to South Alabama. So I'm going to hold off on that. Okay. I don't think it's going to be hard to figure out who it is if you've watched us. So, uh, but whoever it is, I can assure you they'll be very, uh, very talented pitcher that go out there and will compete for us. So, right. uh, you know, and, and we're waiting for them to, to release theirs as I got well. you. I asked Coach Oz uh, Friday when he joined us up uh, in the press box if uh, if we would see you know multiple rotations of pitchers as we have done in the past some Tuesday night and he sort of smiled and shook his head no I, I get the impression that uh, that you guys are like all of us we we want to beat South Alabama tomorrow night Coach well and and we do and you know probably that that 
last time we did that, we beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa last That's year. Right. Doing That's that. exactly but, right. But, you know, I'll tell you, Bob, we've got a lot of guys that we still have to get out there. I mean, right. we've got to. I mean, we've got to get them some innings. We've got to get them some time, and and it's hard to do that, you know. In all honesty, so you know. But the main thing on our on our mind right now is uh, you know beating South Alabama, and that's what we'll concentrate yep. on. You're going to have a lot more midweek games this year than last year, due to the fact you're not playing four game weekend uh, conference series. Will that make it easier to get more kids on the mound and get them more time, Coach? Absolutely, yes. Because you know, when you're in conference, you have a minimum number uh, that that are eligible to play on the weekend. You mm-hmm. know, last year it was 30. This year it's back down to the original 27, like it was prior to COVID. So, you know, when you only have 27, that leaves a lot of guys that aren't even eligible to go out there. Uh, so, the midweeks are, you know, your whole roster is available. If your roster, like this year, is 38, all 38 of our guys. And I'm not talking, we don't have 38 pitchers, but all 38 on the roster would be eligible to play on a, in a midweek game or non-conference game. Right. All right, so overall, Coach, got about a minute left. I, I, I gather you have to be happy with the uh, opening uh, weekend. And uh, we've got, you know, we've got four tough games coming up this week. Got South Al tomorrow night. you got a, a good Jacksonville State program coming in here this weekend. Well, I can tell you, the easiest part of our schedule is completed. We're done. Uh, from here on That's out, right. it, is, it is heat all the way. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to uh, be ready to play. You know, it's not easy winning a baseball game, trust me. You've got to do a lot of things right. You know, if I take, you know, give you what what I felt like over the weekend, I felt like outside of two innings, we played 27 innings of defense. Outside of those two innings that we made those errors in, we played extremely well defensively. Danny Lynch was like Brooks Robinson over right. there. I mean, was he awesome. made play after play. We ran the bases extremely well on all three games. We really pressured them. I, I really was happy with the way we played outside of just a couple of innings on uh, defensively. So, you know, we're going to try to uh, take that momentum and move it into tomorrow night against South Alabama. Prior to the game, we're going to present the check, Bob, for yes. the Col- yes. uh, Coach Palmer medical expense fund that we've uh, that we've been able to accumulate on the uh, raffle so we're excited about that and we appreciate everybody that invested in that raffle and that charity to help him and his family through this hard time 100 percent on that coach all right let's go get him tomorrow night coach and thanks for your time thank you Bob. coach scott berry everybody one of the great great men of college baseball in the country Speaking of that check, we're going to give it away tomorrow night. Going to give it to Coach Palmer's family tomorrow night. Melissa Socher is the workhorse behind this effort that we were so proud to be a part of. We're going to talk to her next and update just how much money did we raise for the great Corky Palmer. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Head Coach Scott Berry for joining us as he does every Monday during baseball season. Such an incredible, such an incredible coach and an even better man. And we're always happy to have Coach Berry on the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great guys down there. 
Uh, they've got great lunches every day, just nine ninety five Monday through Friday. They'll have all the USM baseball on the screens. If you can't make it to the Pete, you can always catch the Golden Eagles at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We thank them very much for their support. Okay, earlier this year, and we've talked about it a lot, and we're proud to continue talking about it, Melissa Socher, one of the great ladies here in the Pine Belt, asked us to join her in an effort to raise money for our beloved uh, former baseball coach, Scott Barry, I mean, <laughs> Corky Palmer, who who has given us some of the, the, the greatest moments on the Eagle Hour in the last four years, some of the greatest interviews and greatest conversations we've had uh, ha- have been with uh, – with Coach, who has been suffering lately uh, due to some really severe health issues. And, Melissa, first of all, on behalf of everybody associated with the Eagle Hour, I want to thank you again for letting us uh, be a part of this effort. You're, you're so – people that don't know you – and I'm going to tell this story real quickly about Melissa. And this this describes how she embraces projects like this. It was cold Friday at Pete Taylor Park. And uh, she was out in the, uh, in the breezeway with all the stuff set up for the raffle, taking in raffle tickets, cold. And I came down after the game, and we talked for a minute, and I said, Melissa, are you cold? And your response to me was, it's not too bad. And as as you said that, your whole body was shivering. So you had been out in the cold for four hours selling raffle tickets. And uh, so, my gosh, you know, what, what do you say except thank you for, for that kind of dedication? And Go ahead, Melissa. No one needs to say this but you. How much money did we end up raising for Coach? Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is very very emotional. Um, you know, to to spit this out and you know give the grand total because so much work, so many people have come forth and contributed to this and. Um, due to our Southern Miss family and friends across the nation, um, we have raised $31,500 for Corky Palmer's medical expense fund. You know, that's amazing. When you and I first started talking about this at your store, well, it was three or four months ago, wasn't it? It was, it was back yeah. in the fall. We, yeah. we, 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 first we talked about 20000 Wouldn't that be great? And then yeah. you bumped it up to 25000 and the next thing I know, you're telling me, no, we're going to raise thirty thousand. That's what you were telling me Friday, and we end up with thirty one five. There was a tremendous turnout this weekend. People buying uh, raffle tickets, not only that came to Pete Taylor Park, but online. Isn't that right? That, that's right. I, you know, I was just just blown away, just overwhelmed. But this whole project, you know, has been that way. And you said, um, you know like it was a long time, you know, three or four months ago, that's a short period of time to raise this much money. But that goes to show you the mark that Coach Palmer has made on our community, our state, and our nation. And I hope that other schools, communities everywhere see what Southern Miss, what we do for our family how we stick by each other. And I always say, if we're not here to help each other, why are we here? Mm-hmm. And anytime you can do a kind deed. And, um, you know, for me, that none of this has been out of my way. Um, if you know me, I've always, <laughs> always right. got something going. Right. Um, it, you know, it's fun for me. I love to give back. And that's the reward um, is, you know, what what you've done at the end of the day and just to help other people that's the big reward and again you know that's what we're here for and that's what 
the University of Southern Mississippi alumni, family, and friends. This is what we do, and this is this is how we treat our people. Um, what a grand example to set across the nation to other colleges, junior colleges, high schools, across the board. And, you know, sports just means so much to all of us. And, you know, this is just a prime example of, you know, Christian athletes and everything that sports implements into our young people. And this coach is a legend. His legacy will live on for many, many years after I'm here, after you're here, Bob. Mm-hmm. You look at that stadium, um, you know, the university, all that he, all those seeds that he planted, um, you can see all of that bloom and blossom now. And, you know, for many, many years to come, his name will It'll just mean so much to so many. There's no question. Uh, And I'm just happy to be a part of it. I'm like you, uh, you know, no credit to me. Um, I'm just happy to be a part of it. I'm just happy to be here, blessed to be able. Well, I'm going to point out something else because I know you're not going to say it. Not only was this lady down there in that cold weather Friday night, when I was leaving (laughs) yesterday afternoon, she was loading her truck back up with all the stuff that she had uh, that she had set out over the weekend. Now, admit it, you were pretty cold when I saw you Friday night. Am I right? <laughs> As I'm sipping my Alka-Seltzer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was chilly, but I just get so excited over seeing, um, you know, all of our friends out and about and our Southern Miss family and just getting to reconnect with everybody and hearing all the stories and the funnies and everything about Coach Palmer. I've just learned so much from this. Um, I've gained a lot more than I can contri- I have contributed, I can tell you that. No, I understand. All right, so tomorrow night uh, before the South Alabama game, we're going to present the checks and let people know what they can expect, Melissa. Right, so uh, we'll go on to the field about 545, and we'll do a, a big check presentation, and then Jeff Ferris, Um, This was his baby. This was his idea. This was his fundraiser. Um, Again, I was just happy to be a part of it. Um, Me and uh, Barbara, Taylor Gandy, Jeff um, will go on the field, um, you know, with Coach Barry and Bob. We're so happy that you're going to join us. You and Super Talk team have just been um, there. You've been there every minute of the way with us and just helped us get the word out and just contributed so much. We'll all be there together. And tomorrow night, you know, that's when it all just becomes worth it is when we present that check to the foundation and they can turn around and help um, Corky's family with his medical expenses. And as you and I both know, and anybody that's had a family member um, with um, great health needs, you know, insurance only goes so far. This money will be consumed quickly, and I hope that this has spiraled a domino effect where others will come forth and um, you know, do little fundraisers for Porky. Every every dollar counts. Um, I just, like I said, we'll never have a goal, and I hope that this continues on throughout our community and our Southern Miss family. No question. You just did an you just did an incredible job, and uh, again, we're just so happy and proud to uh, join you in things like this. And I would say that Melissa will now be able to take a break and rest, but that's really not correct because now you're. Now you're fixed to run the uh, Hattiesburg Mardi Gras Parade. Am I right about that? <laughs> that's correct. I'm the director of the Hattiesburg Mardi Gras Parade, and um, that's a, a very proud position that I've held for 11 years. Um, <clears throat> Keith and I, Keith Superstores, we brought this parade to Hattiesburg 11 years ago, 
And we're so happy to um, hit Hardy Street again this year. We weren't able to have the parade last year. So we just expect bigger, better than ever. We want everybody to go to the ball game, go to the Southern Miss baseball game at 2 o'clock over there. It's it's just a, a road or two over from where the parade is on Hardy Street. Get parked, go to the game, have a hot dog, a hamburger. They're doing funnel cakes again. Um, and then mosey on over to the parade. It rolls at 4 o'clock. Um, what a fun day for the family. You yeah. know, just a whole day of fun activities in Hattiesburg. No question. Melissa, it'll be a great privilege to go out there with you tomorrow night and present that check. And, uh, you know, congratulations on just an incredible job that you did for, for Coach. And uh, he's such a iconic and wonderful figure. Any, anything we can do to help him, we're happy to do. And, uh, and thank you for letting us be a part of it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Y'all are my family. That's exactly how we feel as well. All right, Melissa Socher, everybody, from Mississippi Made and More, Keith Co. Uh, fast uh, fast uh, convenience stores around the uh, area is what I'm trying to say. And uh, she raises $31,500 for Coach Palmer. And many thanks to all of those who uh, bought raffle tickets. I know there were a couple of really big donations, and there were people that – Maybe couldn't buy the raffle ticket, but gave them three or four or five dollars, and it all added up to thirty-one thousand five hundred dollars. And you know, whether you bought a raffle ticket or you bought a hundred, uh, your contribution uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, it uh, it'll make us all feel so good to know that the Coach Palmer's family has that money, and it'll help him uh, get through the uh, trying days uh, that unfortunately are still in front of him. All right, when we come back, I do want to talk about the track and field as the uh, ladies. Went back-to-back indoor conference championships. What a great job uh, from the track and field team. We're going to be getting Coach Stewart on the show, uh, hopefully uh, tomorrow, uh, to talk about that. But we're going to tell you all the details about track and field winning another conference championship. The Lady Eagles came from way behind but lost an overtime heartbreaker over the weekend. So we've got basketball, track and field, and wrap up the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour right after this. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, Bob Getty, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio this afternoon in Hattiesburg. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps for all they do for the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. Certainly enjoyed uh, having them up uh, in the press box with us last Friday. So, again, our thanks to Southern Bank Corps, studio sponsor of the Eagle Hour, both in Hattiesburg and in Laurel. Got uh, South Alabama baseball coach Mark Calvey on the show tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock, along with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Wednesday, uh, Jacksonville State coach Jim Case will be joining us as uh, we preview all the upcoming baseball games uh, for the Golden Eagles uh, this week. So good to have baseball uh, back rolling again. Uh, four more home games uh, before the Golden Eagles take to the road. 
South Alabama tomorrow night and three games against Jacksonville State Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we'll uh, look forward to seeing you out at P. Taylor Park. Well, once again, the Southern Miss women's track team took a top uh, podium outlasting Middle Tennessee and capturing back-to-back Conference USA Indoor Track Championships Sunday afternoon at the Birmingham Crossplex. So congratulations uh, to another incredible back-to-back Conference USA Indoor Track and Field Championships for the ladies' team. Coach John Stewart said this, On paper, we faced impossible odds, but we simply never quit fighting. Our women gave everything they had and then gave a little more. Southern Miss was clinging to a five-point advantage over Middle Tennessee entering the final event yesterday. That's when Trinity Benson, Savaya Varnell, Trinity Flagler, and Samelia Colby Put the nail in the coffin. They ran a combined three-minute, 47-second uh, time to take um, fourth place in the 4 by 400 relay, and that gave the Golden Eagles their second straight Conference USA title. In total, the black and gold made nine trips to the podium on the women's side with two Golden Eagles of, in the 60-meter and in the triple jump. So just an incredible performance Uh, by the women's track and field team, and congratulations to them on their second consecutive Conference USA Indoor Track and Field Championship, likely the last indoor track and field uh, championship they'll compete for in Conference USA. We anticipate that they'll be in the Sun Belt next year, so what a way to exit if that turns out to be the case, back-to-back indoor conference championships. Despite erasing a 21-point deficit, the Southern Miss women's basketball team fell in overtime uh, Saturday afternoon, 86-79, and uh, that unfortunate out in El Paso, Texas, against UTEP. Uh, the Golden it looked like the Miners were going to run away with the contest. They they led by as many as 21 points midway through the second quarter, but the Lady Eagles were going to have none of that. The two battled back and forth out of the locker room uh, at halftime, uh, and the Golden Eagles cut it to six. Uh, In the last two minutes of the second half, UTEP extended the lead back to 12, but the Golden Eagles fought back, sent the game into overtime, and uh, the Golden Eagles closed on an 18-5 run in the the second, fourth quarter end of the game uh, to take the game into overtime and uh, just fell a little bit short, but another courageous effort uh, by the Southern Miss women's team who remain in the thick of things uh, when it comes to Conference USA uh, contention, they're 16 and nine now on the season. They're eight and six in Conference USA play. So uh, with the tournament uh, just around the bend, the Lady Eagles are looking really, really strong. Unfortunately for the men, it's just more a difficulty. Uh, they're now six and 21 and 12 in Conference USA as they were beaten uh, Saturday afternoon at home by UTEP. Uh, they will finish a four-game homestand tonight. Actually, they play Marshall. Marshall is ten and seventeen and three and eleven on the year. Tip-off at Reed Green Coliseum is set for seven p.m. tonight. Southern Miss has lost its first three of its current homestand. They lost to Western Kentucky, eighty-seven seventy-seven, Texas San Antonio in overtime, ninety-eight seventy-nine, and uh, then they lost Saturday to UTEP, eighty. 80- Four to seventy. On a bright note, junior Isaiah Moore has uh, scored twenty-five points in two of his last three games, and uh, against Western Kentucky, he actually had twenty-five points and twelve rebounds. So he's uh, he's playing very well. But the Golden Eagles continue to struggle. 
And uh, hopefully they can turn that around. Uh, it's a good opportunity to go see them play tonight here in town. They'll take on Marshall, and the tip-off is at 7 o'clock. All right, quick reminder, South Alabama tomorrow night uh, at 6 o'clock. going to be presenting a check for $31,500 to the family of uh, Coach Corky Palmer tomorrow night. And again, uh, thanks so much to everybody who participated and bought raffle tickets. And uh, some people won some great prizes but uh, more important than that, uh, Southern Miss fans really showed their love for Coach Palmer, and for that uh, we are very, very grateful. So Mark Calvey, South Alabama coach, will join us tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation will also be on the uh, show, and we'll, we'll uh, take a look at what happens tonight uh, with the Marshall game tomorrow afternoon. Then Wednesday, we'll have Patrick McGee from NOLA.com and Jacksonville State head coach, Jim Case, we're also going to reach out. We're going to get the, our track and field coach on the show here either tomorrow or the next day because we certainly want to talk to him about uh, about his great performance by his women's team. So congratulations to Coach Stewart and all the ladies at Southern Miss. That wraps up the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Course Studio right here in Hattiesburg. More tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss to the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.